Well, good morning. I guess we could say Happy New Year, huh? We are back live and in person and in studio here for Perspectives from WFSU Public Media. I'm Tom Flanagan. You are always welcome to join the conversation at 850-414-1234. You can also email perspectives at wfsu.org. One retired Tallahassee city official remarked she hadn't seen so much public discussion and controversy and political intrigue since the time the city considered buying into a coal-fired power plant in Taylor County. And you got to be an old-time Tallahasseean to remember that controversy. Well, today we're not going to talk about a power plant, although there are many who say that Florida State University's Doe Campbell Stadium is a powerful economic engine that generates many millions of dollars for the area's private and public sectors for sure. But the proposal before the intergovernmental agency at 3 this afternoon is whether $20 million of taxpayer money be used for repairs and also a partial reconstruction of the stadium. So we're going to get right into the pros and cons on the program today. And uh, we did a little random drawing here to find out who goes first and last and always here. So we would be even-handed about all this. We want you to meet an advocate for the project. He is Jared Willis. He is board vice president of Grow Tallahassee. And we're so happy you could come on and talk about this, Jared. Well, thanks for having me. We also have those who are opposed to the allocation of blueprint money for the stadium. Two of those folks join us. One is Kristen Dozier. She has served three terms on the Leon County Board of County Commissioners, representing District 5. She has announced she will forego a fourth-term bid, and in full disclosure, she is also a member of the WFSU Public Media Community Council. Commissioner, good to see you. Good morning, Tom. Glad to be back in the studio. It is wonderful to have you back there, too, as we say hi also to Mataki Akbar, president of the Tallahassee branch of the NAACP and founder of the Akbar Law Firm. And Mataki, thank you for joining us. Thanks here, for too. having me. Well, let's start there and work our way back. And we're already getting calls, so we will get to those very, very shortly. But but talking from your viewpoint and the viewpoint of the NAACP, what's the problem with the stadium project? The main problem is that it's draining that um, economic development money that's in the blueprint. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people who... who I, I think it's good to give a background for people who might not know, but, you know, 12 percent of the blueprint money was set aside for economic development. Um, and so the question becomes, what is economic development? And that's the discussion that a lot of us been having. Um, so about a couple months ago, we did a town hall just to kind of discuss the issues. And it was um, an honest conversation. We discussed FAMU getting $10 million. We discussed TCC's um, allocation of the money as well. And the, the main concern is that once this money is gone, once this $20 million is gone, that it's only going to be $700,000 that's left, a little over $700,000 left for economic development. So that's not sidewalks. That's not infrastructure. That's money that should be going to businesses that need seed money or even larger businesses like um, uh, Amazon or Darfur. And or therefore, and so now, if a, a small company, whether it's a minority company, whether it's some you know a group of FSU students that come out and say, "Hey, I have this brilliant idea, but I need some money, some seed money to get this get this business or this company to to, to go forward," and by the way, we can promise you 100 jobs or 200 jobs as a result of that, there will be no money in order to do, well, there will be $700,000 for the next eight years in order to do something like that. That's a major concern. And when you talk to people who were in the room when Blueprint first started, um, those people will tell you that the discussions for that 12%, because it wasn't 
they didn't want to do it at first, but they compromised to 12 percent for economic development. Those discussions for were for those, you know, either small or large companies that can push economic development. And we're not hearing that from this project. We're hearing 34 permanent jobs, um, maybe. Um, we're hearing, you know, 234 or so temporary construction jobs that we don't even know if those people are going to come from Leon County. Um, and we're also hearing, no matter how you want to slice it, that this is a piece of this larger um, 100 hundred million dollar project for luxury seating um, at FSU. So how does all of that go towards the, the big picture of economic development in Tallahassee? We're not doubting FSU's contribution to the to the community. We're not doubting um, what it can lead to. But is this what we need as far as like taking all of the money out of that that blueprint pot? Oh, okay. Well, Jared Willis, let me give you a chance here to talk not only to the issues that Mataki brought up, but any of the others here that you think make this project a, a winner, not just for Florida State University, but also the community in general. Yeah, I mean, I think generally, you know, my stance would be that the economic impact is there, right? I mean, if you look at FSU, um, every home game season and the estimates are kind of vary, right? I mean, but you know, I've heard estimates anywhere from 50 to $80 million every home game season. That's economic impact to local businesses in the area. And a lot of that is new money. I mean, 55%, we know 55% of the people that attend a home game at FSU are coming from out of town. That's higher than any other city in Florida and their football teams and their, you know, their sports. So I, I think it's important because when you look at the depletion of the funds, and this is kind of a, a, a talking point that I've heard, you know, these are funds, this is a depletion of the bonding capacity that was set aside. And the bonding capacity was based off of, again, the 12% that was put aside out of the penny sales tax. And the driver behind those funds is sales tax income. And when you look at FSU and you think about that economic impact, they are directly affecting the pot of money that we're talking about here. They are a proven economic driver in Tallahassee. And for that reason, I think that it's something that we should support. All right. Let, let's give Commissioner Dozier a chance to jump in here before we go to calls as the lines are just chock-a-block with callers right now. Commissioner, you're the one who's going to have to sit down and vote with your colleagues on this this afternoon. So what are your thoughts on this? Thank you very much. And going back to your first statement, yes, this uh, issue for the last nine months has generated a tremendous amount of conversation, debate, yes, conflict. But I also want to say we are having a more robust conversation about economic development than we've ever had, what that looks like, what we need. And wherever we land tonight, I think that is something we need to build on. So I'm very glad for that. Um, as Mutaki said, I, I And I agree, no one doubts the estimated $3 billion impact of the university as a whole. And in our documents, it does say $80 million for an average football season. So that was back in 2019. Tourism, as Jared said, you're absolutely right. It is a huge driver for our economy, and we've diversified our tourism for a long, you know, for many years now. But the bedrock is football. We know that, both FAMU and FSU. You're right about the sales tax. I mean, that is the revenue coming into Blueprint. So when we say we're projected to have $117 million in Blueprint um, for this 12%, 
that is an estimate. It could go up, it could go down, um, but that's what we're looking at for the next 17 years. The real crux of this issue to me is that this is not about questioning the value of football or FSU. It's about priorities. We have a limited amount of money. The boosters can and will raise a lot of money for this project and other projects. This one project actually is going to cost more, $134 million, than we are projected to take in in the next 17 years, $117 million. So we are limited. Um, this was a dedicated fund to diversify our economy. So that's really the point I want to end on here as we get into other callers um, and other questions is that no one um, has any doubt that football is a good driver and needs to be supported. But we need other types of jobs, and we can spread this money out between a number of different investments, as we've seen in the last two years, and get a much bigger bang for our buck, help a lot more people, help drive sales tax revenue, customers, more home buyers, and really improve and grow our entire economy. 850-414-1234, the number as we talk about the uh, proposed allocation of blueprint money for improvements, repairs at all to Doak S. Campbell Stadium on the FSU campus. Claudia joins us first. Thanks for your patience. Claudia, welcome to Perspectives. Hello, Claudia. Hello, hello, Tom, um, and hello, panel. Thank you so much for this conversation. It is so important um, my question is this. I have lately been doing voter registration on Southside. So weekend afternoons, I'm taking my time and I'm listening and talking to families, children, elders, and a lot of people who want to be working on Southside and right now are struggling to find meaningful work. And when I think about my husband, who is an employee of FSU, and we are so grateful for that. We love FSU, and we support FSU, and we think that FSU can generate that money fine without our tax dollars. So since there are multiple options and multiple ways we could use our tax dollars, I really would love it if our commissioners would listen to the public outcry that we would prefer our tax dollars to support more jobs so that more people like these families I'm talking to on Southside could be having more economic opportunity and diversity. So that is my question. We love and support FSU. We totally recognize football. We don't think they need our help, but so much else does. And we, the public, really would prefer to see those tax dollars used in another way that would more greatly help create more jobs. So why, why can't we fund another project that would generate more jobs for more people because we think that FSU would do fine without us? That's great. Claudia, thank you very much for sharing that. And we'll get that around to the panel. I want to give everyone a chance uh, to respond to what you just brought up. Uh, but we have to take a quick break here coming up momentarily, which is a chance to tell you that you can also find perspectives online at WFSU.org. We try to have the latest program transcribed from the radio to online content as quick as we possibly can. And you can check us out there. And we will be right back with more of our discussion 
about the Docas Campbell Stadium allocation of money, potentially from Blueprint, that vote coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon as the intergovernmental agency gets together to debate that issue and make a final decision. More perspectives coming right up. personal note, may I say, it is so wonderful to be back live and in studio and interactive here on Perspectives, 850-414-1234, the number to call as we talk about the stadium project. Mr. Akbar, uh, before we get to this, a comment from you, I want to give Mr. Willis a chance to respond to Claudia's uh, opposition, uh, saying that maybe that $20 million, which will probably be $27 million after you factor in interest, is just going to drain blueprint for a long, long time, and there are other maybe more productive uses for that money. What do you say? Sure. Uh, I, real quick, though, I want to address, you know, there's a premise to Claudia's question. I think uh, Commissioner Dozier brought this up as well, that this these funds should be used for economic diversity. And one, I would argue that they are being used in that way. I mean, Amazon, Danfoss, the investments that we've made in Innovation Park, in the Mag Lab, in so many things, those funds are being used that way. But OEV's, and, and this is where I disagree, OEV's goal is as part of their, 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 their purpose is economic diversity. But on the other hand, they're also there to promote our current assets. And that's part of, I mean, I, I can read it right out of their, their purpose statement, leveraging existing resources. And so when you look at FSU, it's a huge existing resource. And so part of keeping an, a healthy economy is, yeah, diversifying, finding new opportunities. And, you know, one of the things that OEV is doing is the uh, CEDR, the, the COVID Disaster Relief Program, helping local businesses bounce back and maintain existing jobs so that people like Claudia and the people that she's working with on the South Side have places to go to find jobs. But on the other hand, on the other hand, we have to keep the economy going in, in ways that we – I mean, I'm talking about a sure bet, right? I mean, if you look at – think about the – and this might sound silly at first. When you think about GameStop and AMC, that, that huge run, you had new investors that invested in GameStop and AMC and got these outrageous returns. Those people are almost ruined for regular ETF safe bet investing. And when you look at Dan Foss and Amazon, I'm not going to go as far as to call them GameStop and AMC, but they were great opportunities and they got fantastic returns. But we also need to make some safe bets too. We need to hedge. We're coming out of a pandemic where people, we don't know what the real retail sector is going to do. We don't know to the, the extent to which people are going to return to their offices. And so we do know that FSU is bringing in revenue every year and they're continuing to contribute to our community. And I also want to address to, you know, when we talk about the stadium project, we talk about, I've heard the talking point, luxury seating. And I, I feel like that's a little bit unfair because when we talk about the actual $20 million investment that's being asked for, and there have been plenty of spreadsheets and, and you know, descriptions of the project, what we're talking about are 
handicap access. We're talking about rusted infrastructure. We're talking about bathrooms that are serviceable so that people can relieve themselves while they're there. Beyond that, when we look at FSU, I know that there's been some discrepancies in how many permanent jobs, temporary jobs, but we're looking at also FSU's talked about future projects, future concerts that they want to have, future opportunities that that facility could be used for. And they can't do that currently because the infrastructure is not in place. So, yeah, I mean, I think that we could talk about we could talk about how many permanent jobs this particular piece is going to generate. But the economic impact, it goes far beyond that. And it has for the last however many years. Okay, let's give uh, Mr. Akbar a chance to talk about that. Yes. Uh, well, the reason why I bought up the $100 million, well, the $120 million, I took that right out of the opinion piece from an FSU employee a couple days ago. Um, and when they talked about the $20 million, they talk about it in a package of the $100 million luxury seating. And so they say it's a $120 million project and they need the $20 million from Blueprint in order to complete that luxury seating project. So it is a package. I mean, and that's coming straight from FSU. Um, and they also in, in, in they also said that if they didn't get, the, if they only got half the money or a portion of the money, that would af- affect all of these things that they want to do, including the luxury seating part. So it is essentially a subsidy. We want to do this huge project, but we need this $20 million from the taxpayers in order to do it. Um, So I don't think it's disingenuous. I think those are the facts. Um, And it's coming straight from FSU. Um, As far as the money that that FSU brings in, they bring that money in. Whether they get the $20 million or not, they bring that money in. So it's not adding to the economic development. So as far as what the community outcry is, um, nobody knew that it was a race to get this this blueprint money. Um, And unfortunately, we've, we've ran through it in, what, a year's time. Um, And so now when you look at the last $20 million, I like to use the example, like if my mom gave me $100, I'm going to spend $80 at GameStop, at AMC, at whatever, but I'm going to look at that last $20 for about a couple of weeks because I know if I'm not getting anything else for another eight days, eight weeks or whatever. And I think that's how Blueprint needs to look at this last $20 million. They need to be more careful on where it goes. Um, And that's what the community is saying can is there another project that we could put it in? And unfortunately, we just don't have anything in place. Um, and and I fault the community for that for not having things ready to go. But nobody knew that it was a race um, in order to have things ready to go. But but for the next eight years, we won't be able to fund it, and that's the issue. Okay, Commissioner Dosh, I want I want to give you a chance to respond too. But I do have a question since you are going to be voting mm-hmm. on this. Did the intergovernmental agency kind of leave itself open because it has already helped out? Uh, athletic facilities at Tallahassee Community College and also did a rehab of Bragg Stadium for FAMU. And now FSU says, well, it's only fair that we get some too. Um, I Absolutely. Um, I actually took an unpopular vote and Mutaki and I have disagreed on this one. I was the sole vote against the funding for Bragg Stadium. Uh, the need was greater. They needed to have a 2021 season. But I thought we should look for other resources, other funding to help out, and I thought it would set a precedent, and that's where we are. Um, Government can't operate just based on precedent, though. We never have enough of your money to pay for every project just because we did something similar in the past. And quite bluntly, 
if FSU had come to the table for $10 million, we might not have seen this level of controversy. It really gets to what Mataki had said earlier about, and I think Jared said as well, about the money that will be remaining. And now we know those numbers as of December, 722000 for the next seven years and $13 million after that. And I, I will say this, I think you probably got another question, but it is important to go back to the beginning. A lot of folks say this was a done deal in September. Why are we still talking about it? On one hand, it's not done until we take the final vote. So that's why I and others have continued to push. But we did not hear the same level of community outrage or questions or concerns about this in May because nobody was prepared for it. We didn't have the data. We didn't have the budget, nothing else. The supporters were ready. We, it took us till December to really have those numbers at 722000 and $13 million. So this process has been rushed, and we need to slow down to make sure we make the right choice for our future. Well, you talked about opposition at 8504141234. Mike has been patiently waiting there on line three. Let's get to his concern here. Mike, hi. Welcome to Perspectives. Are you there, Mike? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Hey. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Thank you much for waiting. Of course. I'm um, just happy to be on the line. I can't make the meeting today, so I want to at least get one last uh, comment in. But to everyone's point, I'm a small business owner who does benefit from those football months for three months of the year, but that doesn't make a whole year worth of revenue for small businesses in the area, and it just seems like that's a very far-fetched way to ask for money when it doesn't really improve for a whole year of uh, revenue streams for a business standpoint. So I just want to point that out as well. Okay, thank you, Mike. And, and Jared, that talks to something that you had said, that the university was looking at possibly expanding the capabilities of Doe Campbell Stadium beyond just the football season to encompass some other things. Do you have anything, any data directly from the university that says, yeah, if we get this, this is what we plan to do? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's been reported pretty widely in the Democrat that FSU is looking at bringing other acts. I mean, we had T-Pain back in 2018. We've had Top Golf. They've tried to use that facility for other uses. It's just, again, going back to the infrastructure and the way that it's set up, it's a difficult facility. It's an old facility. It's hard to use it for some more modern uses. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think this funding will go a long way to preparing it for future things and having events over the summers and and, and hosting other other things that will cause local businesses in that area to flourish. Okay, let's, uh, as the lines continue to uh, pile up here, uh, Will, line six here, uh, he has some questions about the uh, allocation of the money and how it is being used in the context of the stadium. Go ahead, Will. Welcome to Perspectives. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Coming in loud and clear. Thanks. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to uh, speak to you all today. Um, I just had a couple of concerns in response to... um, some of the points being discussed, and then I want to use it as context for my question. Um, so um, I, I heard it discussed that um, it's like a, a, a sound investing strategy to, to leverage uh, uh, FSU's Doke, uh, Doke Stadium as like a primary investment. I, I don't agree with that. I see that almost as like putting most of your money in a single stock. I don't think anybody would do that, especially when you know this investment does not come with any guarantees. FSU doesn't have to uh, relinquish the funds if they fail to perform. Um, And the uh, city and county don't get any sort of investment return directly as if it was a loan. Um, Also, uh, on the issue of diversifying our economy, at a recent Blueprint meeting, Vision First said that uh, the reputation 
of Tallahassee as a college-dominated town is a major liability. It's a major obstacle to outside investment. Um, and, and keeping those things in mind, my question is, why can't FSU reduce their luxury budget by $20 million to satisfy their necessities? We say this to families all the time. When times are tight, you got to tighten your belt. you got to stop eating out less and you, so that you can pay your power bill. This, to me, as I said before, feels like ignoring your power bill uh, and hoping the government will pay for it for you so that you can uh, have avocado toast every Sunday. So if, if we expect the working uh, families in this city to be prudent uh, with their budgets, why is it so divisive to ask FSU to do the same thing? Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you much, Will. R really appreciate that. Uh, any comment on there, Jared, that you might have? Yeah, I do. So I think it's interesting to compare, you know, FSU. I mean, we're talking, we're, we're in the context of economic development, right? And I think that there has been a narrative out there. Well, the boosters have money. FSU has money. They have a billion something budget and they should be able to pay for this. I don't know a single other decision that OEV has made. I mean, when you look at, again, and I know we're going to probably talk about these companies quite a bit here, but Amazon and Danfoss, if ability to pay was a metric that we used in order to incentivize them to come here, they wouldn't be here. So, uh, you know, it's, it's apples and oranges, right? Like when you look at – and the other thing is you want to talk about the depletion of funds and how, you know, we'll only have $700,000 to bring another Danfoss. Well, the fact is when Danfoss came in in 2015, the majority of their incentive package was based off of ad valorem tax rebates. Didn't come out of that pot. So I, I think it's disingenuous to say, well, you know, we're telling families in times that are tight, you know, we're not talking about tight times. We're talking about, again, an organization, a, 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 a institution that has paid into Tallahassee. They have, they have made investments in our community. They have, they've done free health clinics. They've done all kinds of things to be a partner for our city. And so what we're talking about is taking, again, a proven economic driver and supporting it as we move forward and making sure that our economy stays stable. One other WAG here in town even suggested that had uh, Florida State University not gotten kind of upside down in its uh, pick of a last uh, head football coach and also had had maybe more winning seasons in uh, more recent years, that this would not even be an issue at all. Mataki, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that that's come up. Um, but I, I just want to go back to the point of – like, I, I haven't heard anything new as far as, like, the economic drive. I haven't. Um, I mean, we have football season every year. They will continue to have football seasons every year. So how does this $24, $26 million, $27 million change that for anybody other than the 34 jobs that, that, they, that, that might come? Um, and is there more that, that can be done with that money that can give more jobs? I mean, because when we talk about economic development, that's what we're focusing on. We're not focusing on who FSU is, what FSU has done, what concerts or whatever. It's is this money is giving this money to FSU going to pay us back, going to come back to, the, to our community? And I haven't heard anything that said that it will. And so with that being said, that's that's the reason why the community is saying let's hold this money and let's look for opportunities where we can get a return on that investment and that, and that's all that it comes down to we could get into to the politics of it but I don't think that's important what's economic development and is this going to be economic development yes go ahead commissioner 
I think it's really important to say here, none of us fault FSU for making the ask. They were, you know, given the impression that this was okay, that we could support it, um, that we had enough money. That goes back to the convention center discussion, and we can get into that if you want. But I want to stick with this diversification. And Jared, I got to compliment you. There are not many supporters who have been so willing to speak up about this. So we may disagree a lot, but it is good to have this dialogue. And I do appreciate you being willing to get out there and speak up on this. We've got a lot of folks, supporters and opponents, who just are sitting back because they are so you know, just over this whole process. They don't know what's going on. Um, So, Tom, I can pause here if you need to take a break, but I have just one other quick point on this. Um, Jared, you mentioned the uh, OEV's mission, leveraging existing resources. I think that's a really important thing to unpack. Um, Football, as Mitaki just said, it is great. It will keep going. And if we had all the money in the world, we could probably do all of this. But the existing resources we have never leveraged until the last 10 years and really the last five years is the commercialization and the entrepreneur end. This is what helps both universities increase research funding um, and their ranking, quite frankly. Um, President McCullough came in. His interview was focused on this. I think he's a fantastic president for us at this time. Um, We have more opportunities in this space than we've ever had before. The new Innovation Park, North Florida, um, North Florida Innovation Labs. Yesterday, I chair that committee. We approved our contractor for negotiation. We'll be groundbreaking soon. This is a resource we've never had in North Florida. We've been losing companies to other places. We can keep them here, grow those businesses here. That's value added. You're right about Dan Foss and Amazon. We could have conversations about who gets incentives and who doesn't. But when we mention... Um, Dan Foss incentives in 15 and then back in 2005, they were our only example for a really long time. And people have mentioned utilities, permitting, um, ad valorem breaks. We've had those for a while. That's what we'll have to fall back on if we give this money away right now. And it hasn't gotten us a big return on the investment. If you talk with the folks at Dan Foss, they will say for their business success, they need other manufacturers in town. And the jobs that they are creating with the $2.3 million that we gave them a couple years ago, and that is based – they don't get that money until they um, spend money and create jobs. 239 jobs, 70% of which you don't need a four-year degree for. You can get trained at TCC. And it's 150% over average annual wage in this town. That is directly helping the folks that Claudia mentioned right up front who are looking for good jobs to support their families and room for advancement in our community. Um, We've got a lot of great businesses that are related to our tourism sector, but those are entry-level jobs. They are not helping people advance and really get the benefits they need to support their own family And I think that's what we can really focus on. OEV hit the ground running. Fantastic. In 2020, the moment the tax came on, they gave the COVID relief um, to businesses and nonprofits. Everything we've seen in the last two years is what we're giving up for the next seven. We're talking about the Doe Campbell allocation proposal of Blueprint Money. We'll be right back and take your call at 850-414-1234 in just a moment. Don't run off.
3 o'clock this afternoon, the vote comes on the proposal to provide about $20 million in funding to Doak Campbell Stadium repairs and enhancements on behalf of Blueprint, the intergovernmental agency, one member of which is with us here on Perspectives in the persona of Kristen Dozier from the Leon County Commission. Let's check in with uh, Cousin Reed and see what's uh, happening in his neck of the world. Thanks for hanging on, Reed. Welcome back to Perspectives. Hello, Reed. Hello, Tom. How are you today? We are well, sir. Thanks for calling. Hey, I, I'll be real quick. I have read that just like in the Supreme Court, we seem to have a swing vote on this one. And I'm wondering how uh, Commissioner Dozier or, or the rest of your panel might uh, expound on what our illustrious chairman might do at 3 o'clock this afternoon. You're asking us to speculate, Reed, why that is so patently unfair. I can't imagine such well, a thing. Although, yeah. although we will throw it over to Commissioner Dozier to see if she has any insight on it. But <laughs> Short answer, I've been living and breathing this for nine months, and I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. Um, but a little procedural issue for just to let everyone know. Um, in December, you might have seen a reporting, I stated my intent to make a motion to rescind the vote we took on September 27th. You won't see that on the agenda, but in doing that, I gave my notice, uh, public notice, and so it's a 50, um, or it's a simple majority if we want to rescind that action. Um, and it doesn't jeopardize the bond or any of the other projects in the bond. So um, I will do that today. We already have five votes, but it's weighted voting. And I'm not going to do math, Tom, but, um, but just so everyone knows, we got five on the city commission, seven on the county commission. So the weighted voting makes us even between the two bodies. Um, so we do need two county commissioners or one city commissioner um, to join us with the five we already have if we're going to pass that motion to rescind. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen today, Reed. Um, but I think it, we, we've seen a lot, um, in reporting and I think it may be possible. I expect a lot of public speakers tonight as ever, but I will, um, I'll just conclude with this Tom that, um, the notion that this issue was done in September and that we should not continue to talk about it, um, in the last two meetings, I, I just simply disagree. Um, this was moved through very fast, and we have just begun to make these investments in economic development in the last two years, and we've been in the pandemic. So people were starting to get more engaged in this, but all of a sudden, we see an item that includes convention center um, and kind of closing that out and the proposed funding for Doak, and it made it look to many that we had earmarked $20 million for Doak Campbell Stadium, or for any FSU project, forgive me. That wasn't accurate. Come September, a lot of citizens still had questions. We've, we're, we're just getting our minds wrapped around these details that are in the agenda. I get them seven days before the meeting, same as everybody else. It wasn't until December meeting that we got some of the final details. So again, I think this has been rushed. I don't think we should ever rush a decision like this. We need to listen to folks. So I'm really glad so many people, pro and con, have really stepped up to keep this going. Um, and one last thing I meant to mention earlier, I think this is important. 
the precedent question has come up a lot with Bragg. I think we should leave TCC out of this. They got CARES Act funding. So yes, Blueprint Board approved that, but it did not impact OEV's budget at, at all. Um, so really, if we're going to talk about anything, it's FAMU and FSU. Okay, fair enough. Before we move on, though, the, the question that must be asked Commissioner, you've been very outspoken about this, uh, not just your participation on this program, certainly, but the uh, very well-crafted op-ed piece that was in The Democrat yesterday, and you've been making yourself available for all kinds of discussions on this here. And you're not going to run for a county commission again. We, We have to ask, is this, if not a launching pad, at least a departure from the vehicle assembly building for perhaps another political aspiration that you might have? Tom, I'm not surprised, but I, I, I wasn't sure you were going to get there today. So, yes, to be clear, there's been a lot of chatter um, about uh, an encouragement for me to consider running for mayor. Um, I will say definitively, when I made the announcement on November 10 that I wasn't going to seek re-election on the county commission, I had not made any decision. In fact, I had been hoping someone else would get in that race for a long time. But I will tell you right now, the reason why I have continued to seriously consider the run is because of what we see in this decision, and it's because of other decisions. I have been opposed to this since May, and it had nothing to do with my decision to leave the county commission or consider anything else. I am considering the mayor's office because of what I've seen over the last nine months. And really, quite bluntly, in the last two months is when I really started digging into this question and having a lot more conversations. I never thought I would be encouraged this much to seek this office. Um, Not something I was thinking about, but the stakes are too high. And so I've taken that encouragement seriously. Sounds like a yes. Stay tuned. I got to get through tonight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Back to the phones we go. Sasha's been waiting patiently on line five. Welcome to Perspective, Sasha. We appreciate the call. Yeah, I just wanted to thank Commissioner Dozer and all the other commissioners who are trying to work to diversify of these funds. I think that um, I'm an FSU alumni and I support the university, but I would like to see the Project Blueprint funds go more towards what they were budgeted towards and towards a long-term plan. And I just hope that the other commissioners on today's vote will take notice of the community comment and the interest of their constituents and spending the funds diversely throughout our community. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sasha. Really appreciate that. Let's get a question here from Michelle. She is on line one as the calls continue to roll in. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for calling Perspectives. Hello. I'll try to be brief. Um, I and uh, many others in, in this neighborhood that is west of um, the stadium down Jackson Bluff, we think that that I am also um, have also been educated by FSU. They're giving twenty million dollars to FSU while the neighborhood uh, down from FSU up Jackson Bluff and back going uh, uh, um, going west on Jackson Bluff and north a ways that we don't get a thing that we've been trying to uh, beg. Um, commissioners and all, we don't get a thing. 
to revitalize and restore these communities that has to endure the FSU games every season and all the people and everything else. We can't get anything to restore the neighborhood but the stadium. It's like a slap in the face to us, and I am the um, neighborhood leader for this particular area. And um, it's just like a slap in the face to all of the homeowners that uh, have to re- that reside here. And so, I, I and I'd like to ask. I think his name is Jared. Yes, he said it's mm-hmm. a sure bet. It's a sure bet for whom? And what is FSU contributing to the Jackson Bluff area in order to revitalize it? And that. So okay. That would be my question. Terrific. Thank you so much, uh, Michelle. Direct question there, Jared. What do you think? Well, first of all, you know, I want to apologize if you feel right now like you're being left behind by this because I, I, I think that if you look at the 12% of sales tax dollars that are put aside, that pot of money is not intended for neighborhood improvement. There's um, – it's – 80-something, or I'm sorry, I don't know the percentage, but the majority of the sales tax funding goes to infrastructure projects, which go directly to sidewalks. It goes to streetlights, neighborhood improvements. Each city and county commission also has 10% to use for those same purposes. So, you know, Michelle, I I want to answer your question, but I want to talk about, too, kind of where it's coming from. I, You know, you feel – you've seen the news. You've heard – You've heard kind of the controversy, and you see $20 million. It looks like a lot of money. I want to put this in perspective for you. The city and the county commissions collectively preside over $1.3 billion. There is public funds available that can go directly towards – that are not earmarked for economic development, that can go towards infrastructure improvements. I've just outlined some of them. But I I also want to – talk a little bit about something that Commissioner Dozier said. You know, she talked about the procedural standpoint, where we're going to be. And I think, and I'm sorry, Commissioner Dozier, I feel like it's a little disingenuous to call this the final vote because this is, we're returning to a vote that has taken place. And I, I know we don't want to talk about precedent, but when you look at FAMU, the objections were the same. You felt like it wasn't the right return on investment. I think the difference here, though, is the political side. And, you know, we've talked about that. The difference is, and and I also want to point out, there are other commissioners that have taken a vote in favor of FSU, but I want to also outline that a lot of the controversy has been purposefully directed towards the mayor. So when you look at this vote, this is not the second vote. It's not the third vote. It's the fourth time that we're relitigating this issue. And, and I'm sorry, that's unfair. It's the third time we're relitigating the issue. So to me, you know, we can talk about jobs, we can talk about where this money is going to go, but it, it, to be quite honest, I don't think that's what this is about. I don't think it's about jobs. It's not about the economy. Again, the city and county commissioners preside over $1.3 billion. I refuse to believe that these creative minds can't come up with other ways when another Amazon or another Danfoss says, we want to come to town we need a little bit of help getting well, there. Well, let's, let's give, since a, a name check uh, deserves a response, Commissioner, to uh, Jared's uh, statement. Thank you. The approval of the project was in September. I don't disagree. When I said it's the final vote, one 
all of us can use Robert's rules and procedural votes. We have not approved the funding yet. That is in the bond. So you've got the policy direction, but you got approval of the funding. So to me, and that's how government works, we're not done until we approve the funding. Um, I do think this was rushed. We did not have all the information until December. I was still asking for more information for this meeting. So um, we were rushing forward to meet a bond deadline, and a decision like this deserves more time. In fact, we spent upwards of $100,000 on a new five-year strategic plan this year. Um, that's what one of the callers was mentioning, the visions first. We had an update in September, and Gray Swope told us that plan, We our ability to implement it will be dependent on this decision. So the results of that plan are being presented tonight just before we get to Doke. So I do believe this was rushed. Um, I get your point. A lot of people think that it was done in September. But the public, and it's an overwhelming majority of the public, disagrees with this and really didn't understand it until, frankly, Mutaki, you and others hosted a town hall in November and worked through the fall to really educate folks. Um, the There has been a lot of things said about this that I disagree with. You are right. It's not for infrastructure. It's not for sidewalks. Going back to Michelle's comments, we do have other pots of money, but we also need to focus on jobs. we got to get housing. we got to get infrastructure. we got to get jobs. And the creative minds, this was the Tallahassee Chamber. This was Big Ben Minority Chamber. This was city, county, our sales tax committee leading to 2014 where we said we are going to get creative. What we've had hasn't been working. Our poverty rate has gone way up since 2000. And we need to get creative and find another pot of money to help us inspire job creation and grow our economy. That was the 12%. This is the creative idea. If we let this go, I'm not sure what's next. We fall back on what we've had, and it hasn't been working as well as it could so we can live up to our potential. Mataki Akbar, can this be used as a springboard maybe for a re-envisioning of how we go about all of this? You've got all these people involved. You've got the community energized and polarized over (laughs) this thing. But how do you take that and turn it into positive energy for positive change? Several ways. Um, and I, th- I think we have to continue to engage the community. Um, one. Two, if the $20 million is, is gone, there will be 700000 that, that's left for the next eight years and then $13 million that's, that's left after that. We need to start. We need to be prepared to, to have some answers for when people say, what should we be doing with this money? I um, mean, to go back to Michelle's question. Um, you know, in regards to like Jackson Bluff and Lake Bradford, you're right. You can improve sidewalks and those things, but there's a, the old Salvation Army that's that's sitting on Jackson Bluff that's been sitting there empty for years. Um, the old Church's Chicken on Lake Bradford, right down from the stadium, been sitting there empty for years. You ride up and down Lake Bradford, there are a lot of empty businesses that's that's up and down that road. Um, you know, the further you go, so. If somebody, and this goes back to the to the point about the money being empty, if a business came along and said, hey, I want to use that old Salvation Army for a tech company. I want to use that old Salvation Army for an a incubator for businesses, but I need a million dollars, two million dollars to renovate it, to get people employed, to get people in there. There will not be a pot of money um, there in order to do that. And I dare you to go to the city or the county to say, I want to start this business. Can you help me out? There are no funds for that. And, and 
and and so, but there are funds to do other things. Dope Campbell has funds to do what they want to do, and that's and that's the point. Um, and, and to say that it's not about. Um, of jobs in the economy is absolutely about jobs in the economy. When we did the town hall meeting in November, not one time did John Daly's name come up. Not one time did Commissioner Williams Cox's name come up. Not one time did Curtis Richardson's name come up. Nick Maddox, Carolyn Compass, anybody who voted against it. In fact, all of them were invited to listen and to hear what the community said. And the comments then were about jobs in the economy. Um, it's, it's, it's not in. I think it's gaslighting to say, hey, this is about politics. Hey, this is about something other than what it's about. And that's about ensuring that our community has funds in order for us to continue to do or to even start doing economic development in those communities that really need it. Folks, we only have just a few moments remaining. I want to give everyone a chance to make any final comment that we may have. Uh, Jared, why don't we start with you, sir? Go ahead. Well, you know, I... I hear what you're saying, and you know, I you have my commitment that Grow Tallahassee will work with you on those things. You know, we want to see we're going to be pushing for the airport gateway that's going to have a huge impact on that Lake Bradford corridor. So, but I do want to address you know the term gaslighting. I feel like is a little unfair because when we look at again when we look at the jobs in the economy, there's room for debate on what the impact will be. I thought it was great that uh, Commissioner Dozier brought up the jobs requirement that Dan Foss is under. If they don't meet those metrics, then the IA board has the ability to change and make adjustments to the way that that funding flows. The same with Amazon. They have the ability to make adjustments. You have a $13 million pot that has not been bonded for yet. They have the ability to bond for that. They have the ability to, again, go back to their $1.3 billion budget and, and, and find ways to make things work. So, again, I, I would disagree with that, respectfully. You know, this is a project that I think will keep our economy going. And so, for that reason, we support it, and we want to continue working on all those other things. Okay, just final thoughts very quick, Mataki, please. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it stops the economy by not doing it, one. And, and two, I think... The engagement, I think, is, is on both sides has been great, um, and I just want the commissioners to, to listen to the community and, 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 and their constituents in this, and, and I don't think it's a good idea for us to empty the coffer. And the commissioner sitting over here will be one of those votes to this afternoon. I will, and forgive me for having a little coughing fit. That's terrible on the radio. Thank you all for a great discussion, and thank everybody for participating. we got a lot of potential in our future. Thanks. We'll see you this afternoon at 3. That's it for Perspectives. Thanks, everyone, for taking part today, and we'll see you next week.